You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. From Shakespeare to Schwartz, from Fawcett to Alvin Ailey, from Sondheim to Borellis, from McNally to Faye, it happened to the greats, it still happens every day. When lightning strikes, it's the moment you know. When lightning strikes, where you're to go. You can stand and shout Eureka, do whatever you'd like. You'll never forget the moment when lightning strikes. Hi, this is Gerald Brunner, and you're listening to When Lightning Strikes, where we talk about the tingly mic drop moments that led you to becoming an artist. Actress, vocalist, and comedian Jinx Monsoon is the first person in history to win RuPaul's Drag Race twice and has earned the title Queen of All Queens. Jinx just made her Broadway debut playing matron Mama Morton in the jazzy hit musical Chicago at the Ambassador Theater. She will be in Chicago through March 12th. Oh, Jinx, what treat and a delight to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Just a joy. And to get to see you as Matron Mama Morton is magical. That's what I think about the show. It's a magical, jazzy show. And then to see <laughs> you play Mama Morton, can you talk about what the joy is for you of playing that gorgeous role? well you know um the cast is just so fantastic and so I sit here every night on stage and watch the whole show play out as my character and I just think you know like there's Just to be a part of the show is an honor because the cast is so amazing, so connected with each other, so generous with each other, so kind. Like, it's just, it's electric to be on stage with them. And then to get to play a role that has, you know, just these really key important moments throughout. She's kind of peppered throughout the show, which is like, I've been calling it my soft, my soft introduction to Broadway because the role isn't a huge, you know, undertaking as far as lines and music, but as far as being like plugged into the show and having like to 
you know, kind of figure out how she plays into key pivotal moments. That was um, a wonderful acting challenge. And um, she's just such a fantastic character. You know, it's it's one of those characters where I feel like if you don't invest the thought into her, she can just really quickly become like a one note pony, a one one trick pony or a one, a one note character and just kind of get glossed over. But what I really, really enjoyed about the rehearsal process is um, the stage manager, David Hislip, and the conductor, Rob Bowman, who rehearsed with me, really like helped me find her special motivations and her, her special moments in the way that she contributes to the story to make her more than just, you know, <laughs> just a brassy broad who comes in and sings a show-stopping number, you know? <laughs> I agree, because she's very multifaceted. Yeah. You know, and she's complex, because yeah. on the one hand, she's kind of on the grift, you know, on the take, and then she's really, she really cares about the inmates. And What qualities yeah. do you do you love about her? What What do you adore about her? Well, I am a very pragmatic person and she is a very pragmatic person. <laughs> you know, she obviously has a special affection for Velma. There is a special relationship there that's um, different from her relationship with the other Mary murderesses. But... What I love is that she just introduces herself by stating her very simple rule. When you're good to me, I'm good to you. She's all about reciprocity and it makes perfect sense in the world they're living in. You know, like you see everybody grasping for power and everyone's grasping for their fame and their moment. And she kind of stays out of all of that. But she's well taken care of because she knows <laughs> that, <laughs> that if she provides a service, she gets a little extra, you know? <laughs> exactly. I love this song so much. Oh, my. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to talk about your lightning strikes moment when you knew this was your path. You know, from what I've been researching, mm. yeah, I read about how at 15 you were doing drag, <laughs> you saw the film Chicago that you were um, in uh, at the, the Sexual Minority Youth Research Center, right? At a queer teen hangout spot. And you saw a drag queen look at you into your mm. eyes. And you, but <laughs> I'll let you talk. <laughs> well, no, that's, that's, I'm so glad. It's one of those stories I've told so many times that, uh, <laughs> thank you for telling it this time. Um, <laughs> You know, I just, I feel like I've always known, like if you read in my baby book um, what I wanted to be when I grow up, it said actor. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just always what I've wanted to do. And I think it's a huge privilege. Um, I've, I've had many privileges in my life. Um, 
one being that I've just always known what I wanted to do. And I had a family that fully supported that, you know. They were always very real with me. They told me what was in store for me. They prepared me for disappointment and, um, you know, the way the world uh, treats those who stand out, you know. <laughs> like, I, I was very well equipped going into this field um, at a young age because my family had just always been very real with me about it. But they also, like my grandma, <laughs> my grandma was a huge supporter of mine. And my aunt always specified to me, if Nana is telling you that she thinks you have a shot at <laughs> having a career in this field, then she's telling you how she really feels because she has never sugarcoated anything. <laughs> like my aunt was like, Nana has never told me I had a shot, you know? <laughs> like, and my aunt had had early aspirations of being a performer as well. And, um, so anyway, it's just like my family was very candid, very direct, but, but also extremely supportive and, that was another big privilege in my life is that I had a family who, you know, let me be who I knew I was. And um, it wasn't always perfect, but they always did their best. And um, I didn't have anyone telling me certain things weren't allowed or certain things wouldn't fly. <laughs> so I've had a lot of freedom in my life. And that's how I ended up where I am today. Do you remember one of the first times you performed, even in the backyard or one of the first times? Um, it's it's kind of legendary in my family, um, but there is a home video. My mom had a VHS. So, <laughs> you know, like the big thing you carry on your shoulder with a VHS tape inside of it <clears throat> and it films directly onto the tape. Um, uh, it was me sitting in the living room of my grandmother's house singing um, Beauty and the Beast, just the chorus line, just the <laughs> tale as old as time, song as old as rhyme, Beauty and the Beast. And I sing it over and over, dedicating it to each family member. <laughs> and this one's for you, Papa, tale as old as time. And this one's for you, Uncle Mark. And um, <laughs> so that's kind of legendary in my family. And, and and that was at like four or five years old. So there was never any question of anything. <laughs> there was never any question of what I wanted to do with my life or how I was going to be doing it. <laughs> but was there a moment where, you know, suddenly it dawned on you, yeah, I could do this for the rest of my life, that this is, I'm destined to do this. I, I have to do this. I think, I think um you know, there was something about the very first professional role, as in I, it wasn't through school and I got paid to do it. My very first role was um, the Rocky Horror Show. <laughs> um, it was Triangle Theater Productions, um, Triangle Theater in Portland. 
their final production before they, you know, the artistic director retired and the company dissolved. So it was a big blowout final performance, and I played Columbia, <sighs> and I was 17 years old, um, and most people didn't know that I was a drag performer. I mean, I was very young, but people just assumed I was a cis female playing the role. And that just, and that show, you know, that show lends itself to gender blind casting, that show lends itself to unconventional casting. But really, then I was like, there's no reason I can't play female roles if that's what's best for me, you know, <laughs> or if that's what I play best. And then at, in college, I kind of put that idea away because, you know, I was trying really hard to think I'm a serious actor now. I've got to start tr learning how to play straight or learning what roles I could, you know, fit into. And then immediately after college, all the roles I played were female roles or little boys. You know, I was playing nine-year-old boys at the children's theater and like... 45-year-old prostitutes at Seattle Shakespeare. <laughs> and that was my life for a couple years. And I learned, you know, if you walk into the audition room and tell them, here's the role I should be auditioning for, sometimes they hear you out and, uh, and you get it. <laughs> oh, I, I love that you saw Chicago, this full circle moment of seeing Chicago when you were 15, right? The film and how seminal that was. Can you talk about that? You know, see what was it about Chicago seeing that film that just touched I, you so deeply? Well, I think, I, well, a big part of it is, you know, um, strong female characters, strong female performances. Um, you know, all of my favorite stuff in life involves strong females, you know, <laughs> um, strong feminine energy, excuse me. And if they're like a femme fatale, all the better. Um, but it was really the music. Like I was starting out in drag. I was, um, you know, at this point, I was, I thought I wanted to be a ballet dancer. And then I see Chicago and the dance is incredible. The music is incredible. And I just resonated so much with the whole 1920s aesthetic. It was the first time I had seen anything, you know, introducing me to the whole ragtime 1920s jazz era at like 14. Um, and it just resonated with me so much. And I was like, these are the roles that I'm going to play in life. Like, these are the best kind of roles. <laughs> and I wanted to play Roxy and I wanted to play Velma and I wanted to play Mama and I wanted to play Mary Sunshine. I just wanted to like play all of the roles. And so when I started doing drag, it was just the Chicago soundtrack was my repertoire. You know, <laughs> I did, I can't do it alone. I sang all that uh. jazz. I sang Roxy, but of course I sang Jinxie, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I sang when you're good to mama. I don't know how many times this, the sound, the score, um, the score is it, just like, it's been with me my entire career 
so for this to be my debut, it just, um, it really does feel like everything lined up and happened at just the right moment and everything is exactly how it was meant to be. And it's been a really profound thing to kind of look back on, you know, me as a young Broadway hopeful and how hungry I was for it and how disappointed I would get when it when it happened. And then here I am 10 years later and I'm like, oh, thank God it didn't happen any sooner. Thank God this is when it happened. Because, you know, this is perfect. There's no complaints. 10 out of 10. <laughs> and now I'm going to knock on wood. <laughs> and I, I have a message from one of your super, super, super fans who yeah. says, I am a six-year-old drag queen and I love you. You're in my drag queen coloring book. I listen to your songs and I watch your videos. You're so funny and talented. How does it feel to be a role model? Oh, <laughs> well, first of all, I would never use that phrase for myself, uh. personal preference, only because while I am happy to be in existence and I am happy for my existing to be a source of inspiration <laughs> for people, um, role model is not what I would... Okay, if we're talking about Jinx the human being, I could um, understand role model uh, as far as like, you know, the things I try to put into the world. Um, uh, Jinx the character should be no one's role model. <laughs> Jinx the character <laughs> is a monster. Um, so, <laughs> but um, Jinx the human being, um, I just honestly think that I am paying it forward because when you hear stories about how drag inspires young people to be themselves, to pursue their truth, to live their truth, um, like that is what drag did for me too. You know, that's why I'm a drag queen. And I, it, it's funny cause it's like people are looking at drag queens right now, you know, my age and saying, thank you for doing this. And I'm like, I want you to know that drag queens did that for me too, when I was your kid's age, you know? <laughs> so I very much feel like it is a torch passing thing and I very much feel like I am paying it forward and um, you know I know so many drag artists who paved the way for me to be able to do this you know um, Varla Jean Merman comes to mind because she also played in Chicago um, she was Mary Sunshine for a time in Chicago on Broadway and I mean like you know what I'm doing right now in my career isn't new, but it is being celebrated in a way that I personally didn't think was going to be possible in my lifetime. And it's just a very humbling and um, uh, electrifying experience. It's <laughs> so extraordinary. How how long does it take for you to become Mama Morton, if you don't mind me asking? How do you prepare? Get I try. I try to get there two hours early, 
but usually it's about it's between two and an hour and a half. But um, (laughs) (laughs) I have such a wonderful team that I actually am able to get ready for mama in about an hour and 10 minutes, whereas usually it takes me about two and a half hours. But mama's makeup is a little bit more subdued. Um, it's a little bit, you know, it's less drag queeny. It's more um, glam woman of a certain age. <laughs> and um, I take a lot of uh, fe- I, I, there's femme fatale, like Black Dahlia influences on her makeup. But um, the makeup goes pretty quick. And then I have um, the, this wonderful twosome, uh, Barry, who is uh, my wig master, who comes and puts the wig on me every night. And we have, you know, it's a conversation between me and Barry and the wig. <laughs> and... <laughs> And then Rick, who dresses me every night, who is, I say, Rick, you're my rock, because (laughs) he is the most calming presence in the room and also just the sassiest, uh, mouthiest person. (laughs) And I love him so much for it. Um, And we just have so much fun. I, I think the biggest surprise of this whole experience, and it's a pleasant surprise, and it's like, Surprise isn't the best word because that makes it sound like I didn't think it was possible. But I am having so much fun. And I thought it was going to be the most serious work thing I've ever done. And instead, it's kind of the most fun party I've ever had. (laughs) (laughs) And I love the element that you're all, a lot of the times, not all the time, you're on the perimeter of the stage watching I love that mm-hmm. element. What is that like for you to be sitting there, you know, watching? Well, yeah. I think, I think for me, I, uh, well, I'm learning so much by uh-huh. watching the performers every night for this being my first Broadway production. And, you know, as a performer, you get, you get inundated with what you think <laughs> something's going to be. And um, what Broadway is, is a lot of people who really care about putting on a good show, who really care about telling the story well. And there's no one who, I I don't see anyone half-assing it. I don't see anyone in a bad mood, or if they are in a bad mood, you know, like, it's not in the show. what, What I see every night is just a bunch of really, really talented people putting on the best possible show and that is just leaves me awestruck every night and i'm i'm appreciative that the blocking of the show has me on stage for so much of it yeah because it would be so easy to get into a routine of kind of checking out you know like there's fun conversations backstage we're having a ball you know but to 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 have so much of the show be part of my experience, to sit and watch it be part of my experience, not only constantly informs my character and keeps me plugged into the show and keeps me present in the moments, but also I'm getting a world-class education on the art of performing live in front of an audience. It's like Charlotte Demboise, who plays oh. Roxy, has this... You know, this 
three act play in the span of one song. Yes. It's the song Roxy. It's like right in the middle of act one. It's just, I have watched, you know, um, 20 times now, maybe. I just don't get, I'm, I'm never, I'm never not captivated. Um, uh, James T. Lane, who plays oh, Billy, yeah. he, I had made certain act, acting choices for my character in relation to his character before I even met James and before we even work together. And then every night on stage, I just feel so informed by his performance. He gives so much on stage that it is so easy to know how our characters uh, uh, interact with each other, even though they barely do. It's like, I feel like I'm doing some of my best acting sitting on stage just watching the show. <laughs> well, takes you on a beautiful journey. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Can you take me to opening night? You know, making your Broadway debut. What went through your mind? And also, what went through your mind when you got the call to play Mama Morton? <laughs> when I when I got the call, you know, it was it was kind of funny because it was just like I auditioned for it, and then so much of the conversation was had without me. You know, it was so much of back and forth between Chicago and my representation. But they told me it's looking real good, Jinx. You know, but I've learned in my life until the contract is issued and the announcement is made, that's when we celebrate, you know? <laughs> so when, I, it, I think it was like two months between the audition and like the final word that I had gotten the role. Um, and it was surreal because I was in the middle of another uh, uh, a tour with Bendela Creme, our annual holiday tour. And... I was just like, okay, so I'm going to wrap up this tour and then I'm going to go home and sleep for a night and then I'm going to go to New York and be on Broadway. So it was very surreal, but I kind of liked that I was in the middle of something else because there was no time to freak out. There was no time to do my like Virgo-y things where I like um, find <laughs> something to worry about. I kind of just was like, okay, this is, this is work. Now. I mean, this is what my job is now. I, I, I write shows with my best friend and I perform on Broadway. This is, this is where we're going. <laughs> you know, I kind of just had to roll with the punches. 
um, opening night. There's just no way to describe it. It was, it was, um, it was electrifying. It was like the energy was palpable. You could tell that it was, it was like, it was a celebration of a lot of things. Um, I, I think, I think the fact that a drag queen is playing a cis female role on Broadway in the show Chicago is pulling a lot of people in to see this. And then when they get there, they are like, oh my gosh, Chicago is a fantastic fucking show with a, lots of queer themes, um, amazing performances by like just like the definition of Broadway diva, you know, like uh, Charlotte D'Amboise and Amra Faye Wright. These uh. are like, this is like the definition of like the powerful Broadway dame, you know, like these, these two ladies are gay icons and yes. I don't know if they even knew it. And so I might've brought these audiences in, but the show, the cast and the performances every night, this is, this is perfect for my yeah. audience. And I'm so glad that this merge, <laughs> merger has happened because I'm having a wonderful time being part of the Chicago family. And the Chicago family um, is really happy to be performing for these incredibly generous, enthusiastic audiences. <laughs> it's so exciting. I didn't your whole family come for opening? My, that, yeah, um, most of my, it was my mom, my two brothers, my sister, and um, my stepmom. And um, yeah, uh, it was, it was my, my best friend, who's also my business partner, Kenny, um, organized the whole thing for me because getting my family from Portland to New York was a whole undertaking. But luckily, <laughs> I didn't have to be the one to organize it this time. But um, it was also um, my brother Jeremy's birthday. Um, and I was so worried because he's the middle brother, you know, I was so worried about having opening night on his birthday and him feeling overshadowed but instead he got very excited that he was gonna spend his birthday in new york seeing um, my broadway debut so it was it was a wonderful evening and i rarely ever use the word perfect because like i said i'm a virgo and there's always room for improvement but um it was a perfect evening is there something you wish you could tell that kid who was seeing Chicago, the film, you know, that 14, 15 year old for the first time, or the, the kid who was seeing Beauty and the Beast. Is there something you wish you could tell that kid? <laughs> I, I don't know, because there's a part of me that hates the idea of tampering with the past uh -huh. and possibly changing the outcome, but that's just because I watch too much sci-fi. If <laughs> I could tell that kid anything, I would say, um, it's all about the people you keep close to you and keep the right people close to you. And I think I have, but I would just like, I would plant that seed early. Um, 
I really believe, especially when you are someone who, let's face it, uh, the country is still <laughs> debating over whether <laughs> you should have all the same rights as everyone else. Mm. When you are someone facing that kind of bigotry in your life, the people who are close to you and the people that you know you you trust and keep safe and who keep you safe that's everything it's absolutely everything and that doesn't have to be the people the family you were born into it can be a family you create and and sometimes it's it sometimes you have two i have a wonderful relationship with my blood family i have a wonderful relationship with my chosen family and um, both families are extremely crucial in my life. <laughs> and they get along with each other. That's always a bonus. The blood family, the chosen family. You know, I think I'm at the point where I can just call it all my family. Um, but I feel like I feel the need to still specify that chosen family, um, you know, it is crucial to all of us, not just queer people, but the people you choose to bring into your life are are very very important and don't take that lightly yeah. beautiful <laughs> is there a role you're aching to play yeah um mrs lovett and sweeney todd is like so i was a janitor all four years of college that's how I paid for my apartment. And um, I would, you know, sing the entirety of the Sweeney Todd soundtrack almost every morning as just like my morning routine. And I can't even put my finger on why she's like the role I yearn to play, but I just know I could do something really fantastic with that role. I would love to see your Mrs. Lovett, <laughs> oh my God, cutting the meat. <laughs> <laughs> so many amazing singing. performers have portrayed her, and I just, I would love to hold that torch for a little bit. <laughs> singing the worst pies in London. And is it is it hard to describe how singing makes you feel? I know how it makes me feel when you hit those notes, when you're belting away, when you're, you know, how does it make you feel? <laughs> is, uh, do, uh, I have I have an answer, but it's a little blue. Is that okay? That's okay. It's not terribly blue. That's okay. Um, when I when I hit a bullseye with a song, even more so than telling a joke, like there's there's telling a joke and hitting that perfect bullseye with the punchline, then there's singing a song and hitting that perfect bullseye with the song, and the song comes to a close, and you know you hit the bullseye. Literally, it is the only thing better than sex. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be um, going on tour soon. We haven't made the announcement yet, oh. but, you know, keep your peepers open. Um, this summer, I'll be doing a new um, comedy and music tour um, with my music partner, Major Scales. Um, so just, you know, if you don't already follow me, I'm at the Jinx on Instagram and at Jinx Monsoon everywhere else. <laughs> oh, that's delicious to hear. Can you give us a preview of what we could expect from this tour? Um, if you, if you can. This tour, this tour is kind of like 
it's like Jinx has been given permission to put on her dream tour, um, but her name is Jinx for a reason. And, uh, uh, you know, let's just say hi, Jinx and Sue. That's <laughs> there you go. <laughs> is that enough wordplay for you? <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> Might there be Edie Beal? <laughs> Little Edie? <laughs> You know, I don't plan my impersonations. They okay. just drop out of me sometimes. <laughs> I just love that. Oh, and what's, what's the joy of living in New York for you? Oh, um, I am living in Brooklyn this time. Ooh. And it's so much quieter and it's so much calmer um, than when I... I usually live in either Hell's Kitchen or Chelsea when I'm here because I like to stay close to the theater. But I got to say, for a Pacific Northwest person living in New York for a stint, Brooklyn's where it's at. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a favorite thing you like to do when you're, when you're not working in New York? Oh, it's, uh, these days it's mostly video games. <laughs> okay, right. Jinx, congratulations oh, on an extraordinary you. performance. I'm so grateful to have you on the show. Thank you, oh, thank so, you so much. much. Thank you. The theme song was written by Tom McGovern. This episode was edited by Kyle Moore. This episode was produced by Anna Stroud. When lightning strikes. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There is enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.